Good evening once again, and welcome to Gospel Assembly, Mississauga Gospel. A snowstorm, thunderstorms, hurricane, tornadoes, it's all a part of life. And uh, the sinner does what the sinner has to do, but the child of God sometimes finds it difficult uh, to do what the Lord wants them to do. But I'm glad that we can have this um, streaming session tonight and those of you that are following us god bless you may the lord challenge your hearts may the lord uh, give you inspiration let us pray father we thank you once again that we can come uh, before your presence lord and uh, stream this service uh, tonight we pray lord at this time as we all are reaching out to you there's so many needs in our midst, Lord, so many physical needs, so many individuals that are sick, so many cases of cancer, and so many uh, situations that there's grief and tragedy in our fellowship and in other areas around the world. We thank you, Lord, that in this world of chaos and confusion, that you can bring the peace of God in our lives, Father. You can give us peace and tranquility. You can help us to have faith and confidence in you that our faith will not easily be moved or budged. Oh God, we thank you. We bless your name today. And we ask, Lord, that you'll bless the service tonight. Uh, touch every one of your children, Lord, and we commit the service tomorrow before you. And we pray that you'll give us a great day also in church tomorrow. Cover your people and protect us here in Mississauga, those in church tonight. We pray that you'll, you'll bless them, Lord, and reward them for the sacrifices they have made to be here with us. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you'll continue to be with us as we, as we reach out to thee in song and in a message later on in the service tonight. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen. Praise your holy name. It's a mighty tower. Praise your holy name. Right, just run into Oh 
bursting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me Jesus has control. I don't want to walk this road. I know. <coughs> May feel your spirit once again. Lord, I need to feel. joy in my soul and the sweet peace that only come when Jesus has control. I don't talking to a gentleman today and um, he called me and we had a nice conversation and he was telling me um, a man who's not really in church but who was influenced by something that happened to him when he met me many years ago and he was talking he says, uh, he was telling me that this world is really gone crazy. And uh, in that conversation, even though he's not in church, he said he appreciated me being there to give guidance and that he would never stop following the messages that I preach online because it is bringing guidance in this world. And to me, that is encouraging because... I remember when I left Guyana in 1975, it was March 
1975, we left Guyana um, early March, came to the United States, and God was good to me and, and my family. And so we got a six months visa to come to the United States. And if you never met cold country, a cold country, you never went into the cold. Uh, that was our first experience in 1975, early March. For you living in America and Canada, uh, March is a good break. It's a nice month when you're really glad that you're getting out of the winter. For us coming from Guyana, where the temperature is like 75, 80 degrees, uh, where we're coming from in March, uh, when we come and hit March month in America, that's like freezing winter for us. And it was freezing cold. And because it was so cold, I took my jacket off and gave, covered Nadine. And Chan was freezing by herself. We all had pneumonia as a result of that uh, freezing experience. But it was the best thing that God did for me. And I'm pleased that this Bible that I preach from has remarkable examples. And uh, I read the book, and uh, I told you some time ago, uh, one morning I was praying, and while I was praying, uh, the burdens of Jeremiah came on me. And the burdens of Isaiah came on me. And the burdens of the Apostle Paul came on me. Like these men in the Bible that were a part of what gives us what we've got today. Uh, their rejection came on me. The feeling of sadness for them came on me. And I cried for the men that are dead thousands of years ago. I'm crying for Jeremiah. I'm crying for Paul. The greatest burden was for, for the Apostle Paul. Because I said, this man such a great man. And they rejected him. Uh, mankind, fallen, depraved mankind, is so blind to spiritual reality. And they rejected him. And whether it was uh, going all the way back to one of some of the first prophets, whether it was Isaiah or Jeremiah, they were all rejected by God's people. And that is because one of the major reasons for their rejection was the, the nations were, the nation was overrun by iniquity. A man-made religion, man-made structure. You're waiting and the Lord says to do it this way, but you want to do it your own way because the people would like to feel something uh, in their means of worship. You see, God is very precise. Uh, when he says uh, to Joshua, and the Lord said to Joshua, go not to the right nor to the left, but as I commanded my servant Moses, stay on that path. Uh, he meant that. Uh, when the Lord gives a commandment, when he, the Lord told Noah, build an ark, and it must be so long and so wide and so tall, and it must have a, a door or an access uh, whatever the instructions were, he was given specific dimensions to build the ark. You could not change it. If Noah had decided to follow what he thought was more convenient because it will be better airflow for the animals he's gathering into an ark and the pollution would not be as much, then Noah's ark would have sunk. 
And that is how it has always been in the work of God. And when I came into the United States that time, and the Lord allowed me in the month of May to make a trip into Des Moines, Sister Chandri, myself, and Nadine, we went into Des Moines and we walked into uh, the office. I remember the shirt I had on. <clears throat> I used to like slinky shirts. A slinky is what you call them, right? Nice soft shirt, you, they don't get wrinkled. I had a nice colorful, not bright color, but a colorful slinky shirt and I went in and met Brother Goodwin, Brother Lloyd Goodwin. I'm saying that because this month, um, 24 years ago, 24 years ago this month, he died. And uh, this great teacher that I met uh, 24 years ago, 1975, if I, that my calculation is correct. <clears throat> he sat there in the office, uh, he behind his desk, and I was there to analyze him and to dissect him and to put him on trial. Was I there for that? No, I didn't go there. I, nobody told me the message he preached. Uh, they just told me there's a man, but the Wedderburn told me there was a man he wanted me to meet. And that was important to me. Like I, you know, you did not understand a lot of things. And I, I sat there, I walked into his office, Chandri sat and I sat and Nadine was with us and I looked at him and behind the glasses that he had on, there were some piercing eyes. I mean, like when he looked at you, he could see right into your soul. And I could never forget that. I could never forget the day when I accepted the Lord at a, a um, cricket stadium a crusade, and I could never forget the day when I met Brother Lloyd Goodwin. There were two days that were important to me, the day I accepted the Lord and went up to an altar call, and the day I met a man that turned my life around and uh, changed a lot of things in my life. I'm standing here today uh, letting you know that a man I met changed my life. Now, if I were to read the Bible and find all the men with flaws and only listen to the ones that are perfect, I would not read another psalm in the, for the rest of my life. I would not read uh, accounts that were uh, produced by men that God had to change their lives. Um, when I think of a man like Abraham, uh, the story of Abraham, when he was the faithless Abraham that God allowed to become Abraham the faithful. See, God allowed that. And I'm thinking of all these men coming down the line. If the Bible was to be written of men that had no flaw, we'd have a man like Abel. Uh, nothing evil was written about Abel, he, you know. And we'd have a man like Enoch walk with God and was not for God took him. And uh, we'll have Nathaniel, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And your Bible would be made up of two pages. Because that's all that was said in the Bible concerning these men. Um, I, one time I found a book called the Book of Enoch. I don't know if Enoch wrote that one or somebody produced that. And it had things inside the book of Enoch that was contradictory 
to what the King James theologians would believe, and so they bummed that out. Uh, whether it was legit, it was a proper book, but they said this one is not a th um, uh, does not have divine inspiration, so they bumped it out. And they bumped out everything that did not please them. You see, that's mankind. Uh, mankind wants to do what he feels is right. And few men would wait to see what God once done right. And so that day in 1975, when I walked into this man's office, and he enc I encountered a man of God. I was not there to find out his flaws. As a matter of fact, we had some discussions later on before he, the last place he visited, uh, the last convention he visited was in, uh, in Toronto, here in Mississauga. This was the last meeting he came to in July when we had the meeting in early July. And he went home and he died. But the man that I met in uh, 1975 was a some completely, almost completely transformed man that left here in July in 1996. And when we saw him leaving, you remember, uh, we went to the airport. As a matter of fact, when he was here, we spent about an hour with him, Brother Sam, an hour in him in his room. And Chandri asked him a question at that time. And she says, Brother Singh, who can I trust? Sorry, Brother Goodwin, who can I trust? And she say, he said, he calls her Chandri. He says, Chandri, have a seat. So she sat down and he goes through this long, you know, preacher's kind of talk. He went through this long talk and he said about individuals that were close to him. This one he can trust and this one he can trust and this one he can trust. And there are people out there you can trust. And then he looked down at her and he says, what? Bottom line, Sister Chandri, I trust God. I cannot put my confidence in any single man. I trust God. You remember? That was his last conversation in his room that we had. And then when he went out to the airport that uh, time when he was leaving, Barry Goodwin would normally brisk, walk out, say bye, and he's gone. That day, he turned back and he said bye about five times. Turn back, smile. That day, he would normally fill out all the documents for himself and Sister June. That day, he let her fill out her own document. Do you remember that? He said, June, fill your own card. And so she was filling out her own custom and immigration form. He let her do that as if he, without realizing, knew it was going to be the last trip. And she had to learn to fill out her own custom forms. And, and uh, custom forms. And he left. And uh, when we remember that year, and I have to get that tape when I stood up in May in 1976, 1996, when I stood up in May and gave that talk uh, in the convention. I, gotta rem I want to see if I can... Uh, access that because I think it was in that meeting that I turned around and I said to him in the meeting while I was speaking I said very Goodwin I worry about you that if something happens to you that what will happen to us and he said brother nothing will happen to me right and then he died uh, just in a few months later on but he was a man that changed my life around 
And I cannot forget that. If he backslid and left, I cannot forget that. There are men that influenced me in my past that has brought me to where I am today. And whether they are believing what I believe today or they don't believe what I believe today, I can never forget the goodness and charity and patience they had with us in developing to where we are today. And if you're to get up to throw stones on those men, you will be throwing stones at me. You remember I told you I don't have enemies? Well, I don't have enemies, but you can make me one by fighting to destroy the credibility of men that influence my life positively. Because I would not be here preaching the gospel I preach had it not been for men that touched my life. And whether it's men in the Bible that has flaws or men that I encountered in my daily life that had flaws, guess what? God has given us that privilege to take a depraved man from condition that's condemned and depraved and make something out of that individual. Today, I'm proud to say that a lot of men touch my lives, my life positively. A lot of men touched my life positively and I don't curse the bridge I cross on. I appreciate God for those days. But it's time to talk to the folks. God bless you all. It's good to be in church tonight and uh, to listen to a little bit of history um, by our pastor, giving us a little history of where he's coming from. And uh, actually, um, today's his birthday. And uh, I don't know if we should sing happy birthday to him or you're just one day closer to the kingdom. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate Brother Singh a whole lot. Um, I hear about his appreciation for Brother Goodwin. And uh, I appreciate him. I've been exposed to Brother Goodwin quite a bit. But uh, I'm here today. I know the lesson we had on Wednesday night talked about uh, the plan of God. God had a plan uh, before this earth was even created. And I believe that, uh, that uh, Brother Goodwin was in God's plan. And he had to do whatever he did. And I strongly believe that Brother Singh is in God's plan. And you and I, God has a plan for us. And it's, um, it's important for us to understand these things and uh, where our uh, pastor's coming from and, and some of the challenges and some of the, uh, the things that he encountered in the past. And uh, we are just not here because, uh, uh, because of uh, just a miracle. We're here because of the love and the grace, grace of God. And what God has done in the lives of people before us. And uh, I really, really appreciate Wednesday night. The more, the more I listen to uh, that lesson on Wednesday night is the more I see how, how hard it is uh, to develop the mind of Christ. I feel how 
difficult it is to have the image of Christ. Uh, it's so sad to hear preachers and, 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 and ministers would preach and make going into the kingdom or developing an image of Christ so easy. No, it's not easy. And the more we look into the Word of God and the more we study the Scriptures, is, uh, uh, it, it allows us to see how, how much of a sacrifice and how much of a work God has to do in our lives. And uh, even, uh, even uh, this pandemic that's, uh, that's going around, and, uh, it's, uh, it's in God's plan. I think that everything that happens to this earth is in God's plan. Yes. And you and I are blessed to be here and get, getting these lessons. I appreciate Brother saying the lessons he's given us to his ministry over the years. And, and I'm here today because of his ministry. Uh, he took this, uh, this message back to Guyana. And uh, uh, I had a choice. No one forced me to accept. Uh, I had a choice. And my choice was to either... Uh, accept this uh, this message that he had, which was quite different than what I was exposed to, and uh, uh, to to accept it uh, with uh, to go with all the the changes that were required and the, and the adjustments in my life, and uh, to either reject that or or accept it. But I'm thankful that. Uh, the Lord had to touch my understanding, had to open my eyes. And that is why I'm here today, because not only the lesson was, was, uh, was uh, powerful, but uh, the opening of my mind and my eyes and my heart was something that God had to do. Being my brother, he could not open my eyes. Uh, he could not have given me a revelation. He, couldn't, he can preach the Word of God, but it's up to the Lord to open my understanding. And I appreciate all of that. The lessons, so many hundreds and hundreds of lessons I've been exposed to that uh, allow me to see the opportunity to change and to develop a mind like the Lord Jesus. And I think tonight in his talk when he was saying that uh, he felt for Jeremiah... Uh, the pain and the agony and the suffering and the rejection, especially the rejection of men of God in the, in the times of old and in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. <clears throat> Those uh, ministers that were rejected by the masses of humanity. I feel strongly that Jeremiah had developed the same attitude for his fellow ministers or his fellow uh, prophets. Uh, they had the same feeling. And they had the same image, the same, same mindset. And I feel today, and when, uh, when, when he spoke about him feeling uh, for Jeremiah and some of the prophets that had rejection, I feel that it's a oneness. There's a common feeling. Uh, there's a common uh, a spirit, a common uh, a mindset. And uh, they, are, they are men that... I would not feel what he's feeling. Uh, their preachers for years would not feel what he is feeling. Uh, but God is doing a work in our midst, and we need to understand that. Uh, God is doing a work in our midst, 
in this time that we are living in, and we need to understand that. Uh, 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 we, we, are, we, are, we are so far sometimes from where God wants us to be. Uh, but uh, this environment that we are in is a good environment. It's not an easy environment. Uh, we can make it easy. We can make it comfortable. Uh, we can jump off the potter's uh, table or the potter's wheel and run down and doing our own stuff. But uh, there's more problems getting off the potter's table, uh, the potter's wheel. Uh, there is more problems uh, for us, you and I, when we jump off and try to run from where God is working and to try to find out for ourselves what we need to do. Uh, but uh, the, the, the blessing that we have is to find a place like this, uh, where the spirits of just men is being made, are being made perfect. Uh, God is dealing with lives here today. And I am a typical example of that. And God has been working on my life and changing my spirit. I never would have imagined me uh, 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 facing a situation where being insulted and accused of something and would turn away and not say a word. I would never, ever imagine I would get to that place where someone would say something negative and, and I would just look at that and smile and, and walk away. But God is good. I say God is good. And we are blessed to be here. And, uh, and we are glad the, the, the lesson we've had on Wednesday night and all these lessons we are getting, they are valuable only if we put into practice what we have heard and if we implement them in our lives. Uh, they should not be just archived and that is put in a corner and put for a later time. No, they must. God is giving us lessons appropriately in our time that we can uh, give ear to whatever we are hearing and begin to change. Jesus says, he that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Uh, is like a man that built his house upon a rock, that dig deep and build his house upon a rock. And COVID-19 uh, is not a bad in the sense for, for, for a lot of people. We might say that it is bad, but it is not bad in the sense it is in the plan of God. Uh, but I think for the child of God, and I'm included, it's, uh, it's bringing to the surface things that were hidden on the inside. It's an opportunity for God to expose yes. certain things in our lives. And this is what we need to recognize. We need to understand this. A situation is given not to destroy us. It might cause a little bit of hurt and discomfort, but it's not to destroy us. It's to save us. A goal is purified only by fire. Yes. Uh, and uh, it, uh, it takes the experiences like we are going through for us to understand that there is a God. Uh, we make all kinds of decisions and all kinds of questions. But I think Paul might have been Paul uh, when he was writing to Rome, the church at Rome. He says, uh, who had known the mind of the Lord? Or who had been his counselor?" Uh, no, we, we, unless we understand the mind of God and understand his, his, uh, his will and his plan, 
uh, we would have all kinds of questions and all kinds of, of, of uh, ideologies and, and things in our own mind. But this church here is a good place that we have found ourselves in. It's sad that it's empty so often, uh, but it's a good place where we can come and have our lives dealt with. If we have a ministry that's, uh, that's only uh, an entertaining ministry, then our souls would be lost. But the Word of God needs to reach down to our hearts. Not only fill our minds, but God's Word needs to get down to our hearts Amen. and begin to change us. See, mankind, we've heard on Wednesday night that man <clears throat> has fallen from the place where God uh, uh, created him. Adam I was created in the image of God. And he lost that when he transgressed. He lost that image. And that, uh, that, uh, that vessel that God was, uh, was working with, it was marred. And you and I, we go through a lot of things that are marred. Uh, and at times that we, we find that we have challenges. And you might be surprised to know there are individuals that are proud that they never got infected by COVID-19. Well, uh, the, the scripture talks about fear and the pit and the snare. An uh, individual might escape COVID-19, but if God has to work on their vessel uh, to bring about perfection, then they're faced with something else, uh, maybe greater than COVID-19. If it's not, uh, not uh, COVID-19, it might be a heart attack or heart condition, or it might be cancer or some sort of disease. You see that the scripture talks about, I think it might have been in Amos, that it's like a man that, uh, that would uh, flee from a lion and is met by a bear. He escaped the lion and think that was okay, but now he faced with a bear. And he ran from the bear into his uh, a little hut that he had and feel that it was all okay. He leaned upon the wall of that hut. And lo and behold, he, was, he is bitten by a serpent. Uh, if we are not under the umbrella of God's protection, uh, we are exposed to so many harm and danger out in the world. We need God's protection. Yes, sir. I'm going to say it again. We, needs God. we need God's protection wherever we go. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him. Unless we have a fear and a reverence and a, uh, for God, we are exposed to so many hurt and destruction and the, uh, the temptations and the plan of Satan. When an individual stands and says, Satan caused me to do this, and they blame Satan, uh, they fail to realize that uh, they're blaming Satan, but they're giving credit to him because that's his job. You see, that's his job to deceive you. His job is to destroy you, is to keep you away from church. And when you say the devil caused me to stay, be away from church, uh, you would not even realize it, that you are giving credit to an individual or a being that has a job to do. And that his job is to keep you away. So when you say he kept me away from church or he caused me to do something evil, you're just, uh, just giving him credit for something that he was supposed to do. And so we need to understand, even when we say amen to something, we need to understand the, the depth of what we are agreeing to. Uh, uh, amen simply means, uh, so let it be. And we need to understand when we say amen to something. Uh, so God has helped us over the years, 
And I will never, and I pray that God would help me never ever uh, to forget uh, where I'm coming from. Uh, Paul made a statement here in, in Romans, the, the seventh chapter, I think it is. And, and we have dealt with some of this on, on Wednesday night. And I think, I think Wednesday nights are great. Uh, as a matter of fact, every time we meet in, in church, it is great. And Paul was saying in, in the seventh chapter of, of Romans, you see this fallen nature that we have. Uh, have you ever tried uh, to, to pray when you want to pray and all day you're, you're up and, and your eyes are, are wide open and you're awake. But the moment you decide you want to pray, you start to feel sleepy and you get tired. And when you want to read your Bible, you, you feel tired and you want to sleep. That's because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. And that is why Paul said here in, in the seventh uh, chapter of Romans, he says that he says, when I want to do good, I find that there's, a, there's a, a different law working in my being. You see this fallen nature, this carnal nature that we have, it's, it's causing us to do everything contrary to the will of God and the plan of God and what God wants for us. And the ministry that we have is educating us in such a way that we can recognize the subtlety of the devil. We can understand and recognize the subtlety of Satan. And that is why the word of God, this word here is holy. The commandments is holy. Yes. The laws and the precepts of God is holy and pure. And God gives this to us to expose what is on the inside. You see, when I heard Wednesday night's lesson, I felt that it was like totally impossible for me to develop a mind, the mind of Jesus. I felt it was so difficult. Uh, it's not impossible, but it's very challenging. It's difficult. It depends upon me, how much I want to make the changes. Now, when, when the law came, Paul said, he says in, in this, this same chapter, I think it is, he says, I did not know lust, uh, except the law said thou shalt not covet. You see, what, what the law was not a problem. It was sin. That was the problem. It was a fallen nature that was the problem. Yes, That's why he says, was then that which was a good made death unto me? He says, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good. And the, the, the lesson we had on Wednesday night just brought new knowledge and exposure to me that I can see where I am. You see, when, when, when I begin to measure myself, not by my own standards. This is the problem with Christianity today. There are people that have been attending church for many, many years that feel that they've got a standard, and that is their standard. They've got a measurement, and tonight we heard that Brother Singh was talking about God's measurement is different than our measurement. When he wanted the ark, there was a certain way that the ark had to be built. If the ark, if Noah decided to go an extra a foot or an extra yard, at, on that ark to accommodate a little more space, accommodate a little more, uh, 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 more animals, that ark would have sunk. True. But God is very precise. You see, uh, Paul made a statement here, and uh, I, I wanted to turn over. Is it, uh, uh, it might have been uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 uh, Corinthians, uh, when he was talking about the measurements here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and Paul said, he says, uh, uh, talking about uh, 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 the people that are measuring themselves by themselves, uh, they are not wise. In Second Corinthians chapter 10, he says here, uh, but uh, verse 12, 
For, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. When we don't have the mind of Christ and we're not, uh, we're not, we don't have that image of Christ, we will measure ourselves by our own standards. As a matter of fact, if I don't like you, I'll give you 26 inch to the yard. If I like someone else, I'll give them 38 inch to the yard. I've got different standards for different individuals depend upon my attitude and my liking for that individual. God has one measurement. His yard is 36 inch. His foot is, 11, is 12 inches. I almost said 11 inches. His foot is 12 inch uh, to, to, uh, uh, in measurement. And we need to understand that we can't use our measurements uh, to measure things, on our, especially our own lives. Hey, Paul went on to say, he says, uh, But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of this rule which God had distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. Uh, he says, For we are come as far to you in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope that when your faith is increased and that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. And here is what I really want, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready in our hands. Too many individuals are exposed to social media and they collect information from social media and bring it into the body of Christ and try to implement that into the body of Christ, it will not work. No, sir. You cannot boast of something from the outside and bring it into the body of Christ and expect that to blend. It just won't work. No, See, uh, 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 Abimelech uh, cannot court Sarah. No, it will not work. But we need God to touch our minds and our understanding. That's why the scripture says, drink water uh, from your own sisters. We need to have running waters. We have running waters here. And we need, God has given us enough here that we need to understand that we need to drink it here. There's so much here. Why are we looking on the outside? The internet may be good and the internet could be bad. Depend upon you. And we have been educated here so much that we need to understand what God is working with. We are exposed to truth. And we need to understand this. You see, Paul, when Paul was at first, when he preached, he got rocks because that was Paul's image. Not the image of Christ. It took years for that to develop in him. Yes, sir. <laughs> when Moses, he was, is Moses' image, he could not have done anything until he learned to adapt the image of Christ. That's why he says, he says, uh, he says uh, the scripture says, when Moses was come to years, he refused. He come to years, after many years, 
of God working in his life. He had to be pushed back to the backside of the desert somewhere and God had to work in him. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the children of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses had to suffer the same suffering and, and, and accept the suffering of Christ to develop that mind. And that's, I think that's beautiful to understand. When he was, when God told him to go deliver, go talk to Pharaoh, it was not Moses anymore. He says, I cannot speak. <laughs> when Nebuchadnezzar had his own image, isn't this great Babylon that I have built? God had to push him for seven years like an animal eating grass. And you and I, we have to go through our little wilderness, our experiences, until God can really turn us around. When, 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 uh, when Nebuchadnezzar was changed, the scripture says he lifted up his eyes. It's no proud exalted Neb no more but he lifted up his eyes unto the God of heaven yes. and God restored him his his mind was restored it's important to remain on the potter's wheel the potter's hand might not be the most pleasant experience but it's important for you and I to remain on the potter's wheel Allow God to work on our lives, taking out the things that are not needed. And God to help us. Paul made a statement. He says, let this mind be in you. Was it in Philippians? We looked at Philippians. He says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Who taught not equality of, with God a thing to be grasped at? We need to deny ourselves. This process that God is taking us through to develop the mind of Christ is a process that is not easy. It's a difficult process. And Paul said he was writing to the, to the Colossians. He says, uh, he says, put off all these. He says, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. He says, mortify therefore your members. To mortify simply means to bring under subjection by self-denial. We need to deny ourselves. In the last days, perilous times shall come, Paul said, when men shall be lovers of their own selves. We see that so much today. I miss the folks in Rochester, from Rochester. And I believe if the borders were open, and it could be COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21, if the borders were open, I strongly believe we would have seen the folks from Rochester in our congregation here tonight. I miss those folks, those brethren. I miss them. You know why? Because of their faithfulness. And because I know for sure that they've got a revelation, that God has touched their understanding and their mind, and as God has given them a revelation to understand where the body of Christ is. We've got it so easy. But there are darker days ahead. And may God help us to understand, Jesus says, a new commandment I give unto you. He said, when he prayed in John 17, he says, Father, make them one. 
We need to be having that same mind. We need that like-mindedness of Christ. We need to think like Jesus thinks. To act like He acts. To judge like He judged. To develop the image of Christ is a long-drawn process, but it's doable. And it's possible for every one of us. And let us, this I feel sometimes, this congregation, this assembly is my potter's house. I believe every time I come here, I don't hear jokes and, 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 and frivolity. I hear the word of God. That's why God told Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. And there you hear the word of the Lord. And I believe every time I come within the confines of these, this building, the four walls of this building, there are areas in my life that God has been dealing with, taking on rocks and taking on pebbles. If I jump out of here and run in the streets, my clay is still fresh. It'll pick up more pebbles. But God is working on this vessel of mine not to put myself up higher than he is. That's why Jesus prayed. He says, Father, make them one as we are one. Need to understand that. We need to think alike. That's why Paul was writing to the church of Corinth. He said we need to speak the same thing. We need to judge the same way. Should not be contrary from each other. And if you begin to have, if you have the mind of Christ and I have the mind of Christ, we will make the same judgment, the same decisions. We would have liking the same things. But we need to develop that mind yes. of Jesus. Yes, yes. One time he says, put on the mind of Christ, but I'm so glad. And it might have been the first Corinthians, the second chapter. He says, we have. It came a time in life. It came a time when God worked in that congregation so much that they were at that place that Paul would proudly say, we have the mind of Christ. Amen. And we are getting to that place to develop the same mind, the same feeling of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can make the same decisions like he wants us to make. This is a blessed place to be in. We need to love each other. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I love you. You know what the old commandment says? You need to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's hard for some of us to do. But he says, the new commandment I gave unto you, that you love one another as I love you. How did Jesus love us? Did he love us just like himself? No, sir. He loved us more than himself. That is why he laid down his life for us. My God, this is a place that God is working on. Our clay, let's stay on the potter's wheel. That is why John said, he says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God. Yes. <laughs> he that loveth not, you know it not God, for God is love. We get to that place that we appreciate each other so much more. And my God, when the process is finally over and the fire is applied to that vessel, that clay vessel becomes a vessel of honor. If a man therefore will purge himself from these, he will become a vessel of honor. And everything we need to have is found right here in our midst. I appreciate the, the word of God so much. I appreciate God so much. And I appreciate the source of my life, which is my pastor giving me 
the scriptures and the tools and everything that's possible for me to use to develop the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is doable, and I'm so glad for that. Shall we pray? Father, tonight we thank you so much for this time that we are in your church. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity you have given us. We are blessed, O oh Lord, that we can have lessons and, and instructions that give in the direction to know what we need to put off, what we need to put on. Father, to develop the mind of Jesus. God, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. Oh, Father, but let us all together in one mind, in one accord, begin to think alike, developing the very image of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we'll make the right judgment. Oh, God, that we'll be united together for a good purpose, not the unity that they had in, in building the Tower of Babel, but, oh, God, the unity that those men had when they were building the walls of Jerusalem. They had a mind to work. And Father, help us to have the same mind, the same vision, the same enthusiasm, the same goal, the same, Father, the same purpose in life, that we can understand your will. Father, make us into the vessels that you want us to be. We thank you, Father, and we praise you. Remember those that are not well, that are not here tonight. Pray, God, for mercy and your grace. Reach down and touch their bodies and touch their minds and change your people. We thank you tonight, Father. In Jesus' blessed and wonderful name, amen and amen. Amen.